0: Stagnating in the polls, Joe Biden turns to the race card to try to get out of his political funk. The left considers another round of COVID craziness, and Donald Trump's January sixth trial date is set for the day before Super Tuesday. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com/slash/ben. So people really, really, really are not interested in a Joe Biden, Donald Trump matchup for 2024 by every available poll. And yet that is likely beyond likely at this point to be the actual matchup going into the 2024 election. And by the polling data, people really don't like either one of these candidates. According to the Associated Press, President Joe Biden is old and confused. Former President Donald Trump is corrupt and dishonest. Those are among the top terms American Jews when they're asked to describe the Democrat in the White House and Republicans best positioned to face him in next year's election. There's a new poll from the Associated Press and ORC Center for Public Affairs Research. For Biden, the largest share of U.S. adults mentioned his age. At 80, Biden is just three years older than Trump, but he also looks like he's half dead. Trump, meanwhile, has been eliciting words like corrupt and crooked, 15 15%, bad and other negative comments about 11%, liar and dishonest, 8%. About 8% offered generally positive comments like good. So the general breakdown here is that when it comes to Joe Biden, 26% of respondents used words like old or outdated to describe Biden. Another 15% mentioned things like slow or confused. Another 10% gave generally negative comments about the president. 6% used words like corrupt and crooked. Only 6% offered words like president and leader, and 5% like strong and capable. Even among Democrats, 28% mentioned his age. Significantly higher than leadership or strength and capability. Trump's negative comments, according to the AP, center not on age, but on his moral standing and conduct, along with things like loudmouth, which was 6% and angry, crazy and dangerous, 6% narcissist, 6%, 5% used words like strong and capable. 62% of Americans say they have an unfavorable opinion of Trump, which is not a good recipe for winning an election. 52% say the same thing about Joe Biden, also not an amazing stat for winning an election. So once again, we are going to run a couple of very, very unpopular people against one another in the odd belief by both sides that the other guy is way more unpopular than their own guy. And therefore, your own guy really doesn't matter and you cannot lose. Well, here's the problem for Joe Biden. Joe Biden can lose. So if Joe Biden were somehow to lose to Donald Trump, it would be the single worst defeat for Democrats of my lifetime. Like worse than 2016 when Trump beat Hillary Clinton because nobody actually thought Trump was going to win that one. But now everybody understands that Trump can win that one. So if Biden somehow loses to Donald Trump post January 6th, post his 2020 defeat, post all the rest of this stuff, that'd be the single most humiliating defeat for Democrats in my lifetime and probably ever. Which means that Joe Biden's in a little bit of trouble here. I mean, if you look at the Real Clear Politics polling average in the Trump versus Biden race, and again, it's very early, so it's not as though it is definitely going to be Trump versus Biden, but you have to look at the frontrunners for both parties right now. Right now, Joe Biden in the real politics polling average is up just one percentage point, just one. According to Emerson, Trump is actually up two points, 46 to 44. Now, do I believe that it's actually quite that close? I don't. The reason being, when you look under the top line of these stats, very often what you're seeing, for example, there's a stat yesterday that came out that showed Joe Biden just 61% minority support. That is not going to be the actual number when the election comes around. No Democrat has won less than 70% of minority support for probably four decades. But with that said, is this election too close for comfort for Joe Biden? You bet. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this polling data showing that even Democrats think that Joe Biden is old, slow and not with it. Here was her answer.
1: This White House have additional plans to demonstrate that he can continue to, you know, do the job at his advanced age and kind of some of those
2: concerns. I mean, look, look, I appreciate the question. I get I get it often, as you know. Um, and what I would say, and I've said this many times and many of my colleagues have said this, the president says this. If you watch him, if you've seen what he's done in the last two years, this is a president has had a historic administration in just two years. If you look at the 13 point 13.5, more than 13.5 million jobs that he's been able to create, if you look at how he's been able to turn the economy around so that it works for middle class Americans.
0: Yeah. So avoid the question. Avoid the question, because you can't say he's obviously vigorous because that's obviously untrue. She's pointing to, quote unquote, the accomplishments. Well, the truth is that that's going to matter as much for Joe Biden as Donald Trump's accomplishments mattered for him in 2020. Donald Trump could have pointed to all the amazing things he did over the course of the first three years of his administration before 2020. And he did some of that. But in the end, people basically voted in a referendum on Donald Trump as a human. And the same thing is going to happen to Joe Biden. And while she's out there saying that Joe Biden is with it, everything is fine, Joe Biden is like coughing into his hands and shaking hands with people and getting weirdly close with teenagers and just being a generalized elderly weirdo. There he goes, coughing into his hands. He keeps coughing over and over and over. And then he just keeps, uh, you know, shaking hands with the folks. We're all supposed to be very worried about COVID, by the way. That's, that's something else that we'll get into in just one second. Meanwhile, the Hunter questions are not going away. The White House is going to continue to ignore them. Karine Jean-Pierre, she, um, she was asked about Hunter Biden again, because remember, the plea deal broke down, which means that now presumably there should be an investigation into where Hunter Biden got all of his foreign money and whether he violated the Foreign Agents Registration Act. And if there's anybody worth their salt in this prosecutor's office, which, you know, we will see, I have doubts, then they have to ask the pretty obvious question, which is, he was selling access to Joe. What kind of access was that? Well, Karine Jean-Pierre isn't going to answer that question.
1: The Secret Service is paying $16,000 a month now to stage near Hunter Biden in Malibu. Who's paying for that?
2: That's a question for the Secret Service.
1: Okay, Hunter Biden is reportedly selling art to pay for his $15,800 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that people are not going to be buying this art to gain favor with the president?
2: That is a question for Hunter Biden and his representatives. It's, it's a I, about, I know. I hear. I hear. I hear your question.
1: got a job from the Biden administration. Can you guarantee that there is no? I hear. I hear your block? question.
2: I'm not going to get involved in this. That is a question for Hunter Biden's representatives. So,
0: no, it isn't. It's a question for Joe. So they're just going to continue to not answer questions about Joe Biden being too old for the job and decrepit and bad at it. They're not going to answer any questions about the fact that Hunter Biden is pretty obviously money laundering. I mean, it's pretty when you are selling paintings for five hundred thousand dollars a piece and then the people who buy those paintings are magically getting appointments to daddy's administration. That's a little weird, is it not? A little bit weird, but you won't answer any questions about that. And it's going to get worse for Joe Biden before it gets better. Kevin McCarthy apparently is going to launch an impeachment inquiry in September, according to Breitbart. McCarthy has initiated strategies to open a sweeping impeachment inquiry into Biden to uncover the depth of his involvement in his family's foreign dealings, according to multiple Republican sources, they told CNN. McCarthy previously demanded that Biden come clean about his involvement. The president has continued to stonewall and lie about his family's business over 16 times, according to the House Oversight Committee. None of this is going away. And by the way, September is next month. Like we are in the middle of it right now. We're about to hit in just a few days, all of this. So none of this is very good for Joe Biden. And so he is pulling out some old standbys, strategically speaking. We'll get to that momentarily first. You've probably had a hard go of it if you've been a small business owner since COVID. It's been pretty rough. I mean, between the federal government and state governments shutting you down, restricting you, taxing you, and all the rest, And you probably spent too much money on your taxes. Well, if you could get some of that money back, why would you not go for it? Innovation Refunds has been helping small businesses that qualify get a business payroll tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit or ERC. The ERC is a tax refund for businesses that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. If you own a business with more than five employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. The ERC tax filing is complex. Innovation Refunds is dedicated to helping business owners navigate that process. Their survey research shows a large number of small businesses that had from 5 to 500 full-time employees in 2020 or 2021 might be eligible for an ERC tax deduction. Qualifying for the ERC goes beyond the sales decline. If your business faced challenges to growth, it would have had... Without pandemic government orders, it could be eligible for a substantial refund as well. Innovation Refunds doesn't do tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals. They share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Head on over to innovationrefunds.com to determine eligibility. If you qualify, you could be on your way to receiving cash for your business. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Nothing to lose. Go to innovationrefunds.com or dial 1-843-REFUNDS. That's innovationrefunds.com or 1-843-REFUNDS. Terms and conditions do apply. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, using the internet without ExpressVPN. Well, it's like forgetting to mute yourself on a Zoom meeting and having everyone hear your side conversation with your coworker. Not that that's ever happened to me, but, you know... It's bad. Well, internet service providers track every single website you visit, which is also bad. They sell that information to ad companies and tech giants who then use it to target you with their ad programs. Express VPN reroutes your network data through a secure encrypted tunnel so your internet provider can't see or sell your online activity. It sounds complicated, but Express VPN is actually really easy to use. Just fire up that app, click one button. One subscription works on all your devices like phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected as well. Here at Daily Wire, we're proud to have ExpressVPN as our top privacy partner because we believe everyone should be able to protect themselves from big tech's prying eyes. Protect your online privacy by visiting expressvpn.com slash ben today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot slash ben. Get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash ben. That's the service I use. You should do the same. Expressvpn.com slash ben to get an extra three months for free. Okay, so when cursed by an unpopular candidate, Democrats go back to the well. And in that playbook over the past several years, they've had two big plays. Play number one, all of our opponents are racists. So they're now attempting to use this playbook with regards to this horrific shooting in Jacksonville where a a person who's on like a 72-hour mental hold a couple of years ago, so obviously somebody with with some pretty significant emotional problems, and also happened to be a neo-Nazi, like put a bunch of swastikas on his gun and then went to a Dollar General and shot three black people. Horrifying story, Ron DeSantis showed up in town, in order to pay tribute to those people and pledge to help out the local community and all of the rest. And the Democrats and the media immediately spun this into yet another story of evil Republican white racists. So it was people like Ron DeSantis, who caused some nut job to pull the trigger on black people. Steve Peoples, who is the chief political reporter for the AP, who should be fired for this tweet, honestly, like if they have any level of objectivity whatsoever, he should be fired for this tweet, quote, Ron DeSantis scoffed when the NAACP issued a travel advisory this spring warning black people to use extreme care if traveling to Florida. Just three months later, DeSantis is leading his state through the aftermath of a racist attack that left three African-Americans dead. Black leaders in Florida and across the nation say they're outraged by his actions and rhetoric ahead of the shooting. My story with Brendan Farrington. Okay, this is absurd coverage. That's absurd coverage. So because Ron DeSantis and his school board said that they were going to put together an educational curriculum free of critical race theory, which is not, in fact, history. It is a bunch of anti-American propaganda. And because they did that, apparently there was a neo-Nazi who shot three black people in the state of Florida. And Ron DeSantis is responsible for that, according to Steve Peoples and the Associated Press, which is an insane take. But it it is also the take that Democrats are going to start using. So here is the NAACP Jacksonville President Isaiah Rumlin saying that um, the white supremacy in Florida is palpable. That's why you see Trump flags. So any state in America that voted for Trump apparently is uh, a hellhole for black people.
2: Jacksonville specifically is a breeding ground of neo-Nazism, that they have been tracking this and seeing this. I mean, what can you tell me and tell us about the climate there in Jacksonville um, with these hate groups?
1: Well, I think the federal government and the Justice Department are going to have to do a better job, and
0: and uh, uh, exercising exactly where these hate groups exist. Uh, I mean, we see these uh, Confederate signs, we see the Trump signs uh, constantly on our streets, on our streets, and
1: we know from that standpoint that uh, there's hatred, and uh, uh, we're just going to have to deal with it some kind of way.
0: Okay, Um, that is um, that is amazing. So if you see a Trump flag, anybody who voted for Trump or who has supported Trump is obviously a racist, right? This is how Joe Biden is going to run. Whether it's against DeSantis or whether it is against Trump, the, the rip is always and forever going to be that if you are not in line with Joe Biden's political priorities or the political priorities of the left, then you must be in favor of black people getting shot. Charlemagne the God, who is uh, some sort of podcast host, don't really know his show particularly, well, I think it's The Breakfast Club. Is that, is that Charlemagne? Anyway, uh, he also is, is doing this routine, suggesting that Ron DeSantis fueled the anti-blackness. Now, do they have any evidence of this? Of course not. But they don't need evidence. They just need the accusation.
1: I hate using uh, woke terms like anti-anything. But yeah, Ron
0: DeSantis has absolutely fueled uh, a lot of anti-blackness in Florida. So yeah, he deserves a lot of that smoke. He deserves a lot of that smoke. It was Ron DeSantis who's responsible for all this. So I have a question. When a crap load of black people get shot every weekend in Chicago, who's fueling that? Who's fueling that? Do we talk about that? No, we, shouldn't, we probably shouldn't talk about any of that because some black people getting shot is useful for the media narrative and some black people getting shot is not useful for the media narrative. So we only cover the shootings that are useful for a manufactured media narrative. Where, by the way, we're all on the right side of this. I mean, again, name me, the mainstream politician anywhere in America who is in favor of black people randomly getting shot on, on the basis of race. It's totally an insane accusation, but again, it plays back into... How Joe Biden hopes to win an outsized share of minority voters, particularly black voters. We'll get into that momentarily first. Have you ever craved a nice barbecue meal with the family? I use the barbecue like all the time. I head on out there in the evenings, fire it up. There's nothing worse than you start to fire up that barbecue and your propane tank is empty. It sucks. This is where Cinch comes in to save the day. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane tanks directly to your door on your schedule. They don't require any long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contact-free. You're not going to have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Whether you're grilling for dinner, camping with your family, or lighting up your patio heaters on a cold night, Cinch's propane delivery service ensures you have the fuel you need to make the most of every single moment. Go to cinch.com or to download the Cinch app. Use promo code Shapiro. Get your first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. That's C-Y-N-C-H.com. Promo code Shapiro. They make it super simple. Again, there's nothing worse than you're firing up that grill, and you look at the propane tank, and it's empty. And now you got to wait like, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, you know, drive out, see if they even have a propane tank. Don't do that. Go to Cinch. This is a limited time offer. You must live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Visit cinch.com offer for details. Okay. So again, this all ties into Joe Biden's reelect effort. So yesterday he uh, spent an awful lot of time sounding off about white supremacy as the greatest threat to the American homeland, which I got to tell you, White supremacy is tremendously evil. I know because I receive an enormous number of death threats from people who are white supremacists because I'm an Orthodox Jew. And the FBI has literally arrested people who are white supremacists for threatening my family. Also, the notion that the greatest terrorist threat to America is isolated white supremacists is, is lunacy. In terms of what the federal government can do, like, what exactly is the federal government also supposed to do about that, presumably? This is all tied into a broader agenda item for for Biden, as we'll see in a moment. The intelligence community is determined. The U.S. intelligence community is determined that domestic
1: terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat we face in the homeland,
0: the greatest threat. Okay. by the way, he was also uh, jabbering about um, his history with civil rights, which is a little bit more checkered than he likes to make it out to be. Um, but uh, here he was jabbering nonsensically about how he got Strom Thurmond to vote for the Civil Rights Act, which is weird since he was 21 when the Civil Rights Act passed. And Strom Thurmond, I believe, delivered the longest filibuster to date against the Civil Rights Act at the time. Which So strange, strange story here from an addled old man. I thought things had changed. I was able to literally, not figuratively,
1: talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the, for the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress. But hate never dies.
0: It just hides. And I don't know what he's talking about, but all of this is tied into the broader Biden agenda of equity and everything. So here's top Biden advisor Steve Benjamin yesterday. He's a senior advisor and director of the Office of Public Engagement talking about how equity is at the center of everything the Biden administration does. When they say equity, what they really mean is racial preferences.
1: The administration has since day one, since the president, um, signed his first executive order on making sure that everything we've done is focused on, on equity in this administration.
0: It's, um, yeah, so that, that's part of the broader agenda item. Now, the real answer to what happened in Jacksonville actually comes courtesy of a Democratic Jacksonville co- councilwoman named Jacoby Pittman. We talked about her yesterday. She's the person who got up when DeSantis got booed for visiting Jacksonville. And she said, listen, bullets don't have parties on them. Absolutely correct. Here she was yesterday saying DeSantis wasn't invited, but there's no reason for him to be booed.
1: The governor was getting heckled, and you stood up to essentially quiet those people down. Yet, Councilwoman, there are critics who say that Florida's governor has enacted policies that created an environment that allowed this kind of attack to take place, whether on guns or on race. What's your response to those critics?
2: Well, first of all, let me make myself clear. I had no idea that the governor was coming. And so I just want um, to make myself clear I wanted the audience to calm down because I wanted him to sit down and I wanted it to be the event that was for the residents and the community that had come together for unity. That's what that event was about, not the governor.
0: Okay. well, she's right about that. And DeSantis knew that, too. So, I mean, that would be the proper response to, you know, a racial shooting where everybody of any sort of goodwill is on the same side. I mean, again, who is arguing in favor of the shooter in this particular situation? The answer is nobody. But the media have to manufacture some sort of narrative for Joe Biden to run on. And so the, the narrative of the day is going to be Republicans are racist. You knew it was going in this direction. Meanwhile, Democrats are actually going to try to run on COVID again. This is starting anew, which is amazing. COVID is such a devastating disease that it arises every election cycle. It's pretty incredible. Yesterday, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she pointed out that we have rising COVID numbers. By the way, those rising COVID numbers are not resulting in mass death across the nation. Those rising COVID numbers are largely resulting in people getting colds. Here she was suggesting people continue to be vaccinated with their 97th booster shot.
2: We are going to encourage Americans to get their updated COVID-19 vaccine in addition uh, to their annual flu shot, let's not forget that is important for Americans to get and an RSV immunization uh, for people over 60 and for infants. That is something that we're going to continue to make very clear to uh, Americans uh, across across the country.
0: Yeah, Really? This is what we're doing this routine again. The answer apparently is yes, according to CBS News. As doctors warn, COVID is on the rise. Some Northern California hospitals are bringing back an old COVID-19 requirement, mask mandates. The current spike is being blamed on summer travel with more people staying indoors to avoid the brutal heat. Nowadays, very few people wear masks. But now apparently there are a bunch of health facilities that are going to put the masks back in place. In California, you've seen some universities across the country already establishing mask mandates for people to return to school. All this is crazy. Meanwhile, the New York Times is suggesting that in order for schools to reopen, you have to install some sort of clean air apparatus. Quote, on a Sunday afternoon in a cluttered music room at East High in Denver, two sophomores practiced violin while their music teacher, Keith Oxman, labored over a desk in an adjoining office. The ceiling fans were off to prevent the sheet music from scattering. The windows were sealed shut. East High is Denver's largest high school and among the oldest, and there is no modern ventilation system. Woohoo! Wow. The windows wouldn't open. And so the idea here is that we're going to have to spend, you know, probably billions of dollars in order to establish better ventilation systems in schools lest the children get the COVID. Again, reminder, very, very, very few people under the age of 18 in the United States actually died of COVID by CDC statistics. That is inarguable. They they want $200 billion that was included in the American Rescue Plan. Another $350 billion allotted to state and local governments to be used for ventilation in schools. All of this, the predicate to possible future shutdowns. And you can see, by the way, the predicate being set by people like Mehdi Hassan over at MSNBC. So one of the things we know from the pandemic is that it absolutely devastating school, it, it destroyed school learning. I mean, this is Brookings Institute. Brookings Institute, quote, as we reached the two-year mark of the initial wave of pandemic-induced school shutdowns, academic normalcy remains out of reach for many students, educators, and parents. This is from March of 2022. As we outlined in our new research study released in January, the cumulative impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on students' academic achievement has been large. We track changes in math and reading test scores across the first two years of the pandemic using data from 5.4 million U.S. students in grades three through eight Average fall 2021 math test scores in grades three through eight were 0.2 to 0.27 standard deviations lower relative to same grade peers in fall 2019. Reading test scores were down 0.09 to 0.18 standard deviations lower. The math drops were significantly larger than estimated impacts from other large-scale school disruptions, including Hurricane Katrina, and test scores increased between students in low-poverty and high-poverty elementary schools. But don't worry. Democrats are going to try to talk you into the possibility of more school lockdowns now, apparently. I I don't know why they would run on this, but apparently they think that it might be a good strategy. We'll get to that momentarily first. The Ben Shapiro Show is supported by Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, with a vibrant campus in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, that's ranked top 20 in the country, according to Niche.com. GCU is a missional, Christ-centered university that strives to foster a culture of community, giving, and impact. GCU's goal is to help you develop into a servant leader who makes a difference through finding your purpose and fulfilling God's plan. With 330 academic programs, over 270 online as of June 2023, GCU integrates the free market system with a welcoming Christian worldview into your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree. You'll have support from your own university counselor who takes a personalized approach to helping you achieve your goals. I've been to GCU. It's gorgeous over there. Go check them out right now. Find your purpose at GCU, Grand Canyon University, private Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu today. Okay, so Mehdi Hassan, he's trying already to lead paved the groundwork for the possibility of more school shutdowns. Here he was yesterday claiming it's a myth. It's a myth that there was any problem in the classroom.
1: Today, I want to address this thorny and very emotive issue of kids, schools and COVID, because we have seen a blatant and bad faith rewriting of history on this issue from a lot of people who should know better. And so I think this today, what you're about to watch, is one of the most important deep dives I've ever done on this show. Because the myths about children and COVID, that kids aren't really harmed by it, that school closures were a massive and avoidable mistake, that they cause learning loss and mental health issues, those myths, and they are myths, dangerous myths, have endured for so long, become so ingrained, so pervasive,
0: that they're not just something Fox viewers believe. I'm sure many of you watching at home have sadly come to accept many of these myths as true. It's a myth, guys. Everything about the learning loss, not a myth. Or mental health problems with kids who are staying home? Not a myth, right? All all that's a myth, according to Maddie Hassan. So get ready for it. As COVID upticks going into the winter, you're going to watch some Democrats come out again for this sort of thing, which is a hell of a thing to run on. So they're going to run basically 2020 back. They're going to run on COVID lockdowns, and they're going to run on race. Well, good luck to them on that. That does not seem like a winning strategy to me. But meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, the Democrats in the judiciary are doing an amazing job of setting up the calendar in favor of Donald Trump. So apparently the trial in the January 6th indictment in Washington, D.C. is slated to start on March 4th. That is one day before Super Tuesday. So uh, that's weird. It's super weird. Trump's allies lambasted the timing of the trial, which U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin announced after rejecting both an expedited timeline from Special Counsel Jack Smith and a request from Trump's lawyers to delay the trial until 2026. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance dubbed it straight up election interferences. You're starting the trial the day before the biggest primary day. It's called Super Tuesday for a reason. It's the biggest day of the primaries. That's when you start the trial. (laughs) Trump said that he's going to try to appeal on the basis of this. It's not clear if he's going to show up to court. The truth is that this is probably going to boost Trump because if the dynamics of the race so far are a reflection of what's going to happen in the future, every time Trump is targeted in court, it seems to boost him electorally. But if you look at how this calendar is setting up right now, it's pretty wild. Okay, right now you have March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday for the, for the Trump January 6th trial. And then you have the fraud suit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. That's going to go to trial this October 2nd. Then you have the defamation lawsuit that is going to go to trial on January 15th, 2024. That is the date of the Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus. You've got the hush money criminal case brought by Manhattan DA D- Alvin Bragg. That's the garbage case in Manhattan about Stormy Daniels and such. That's going to go to trial March 25th. That is the middle of the primaries. And then you have the documents case against Trump and two of, a day, and two of his aides. That date is set to begin May 20th in Florida. There's a bunch of primaries right around that one. And we don't know when the uh, Georgia case is going to come to trial either. So yeah, I mean, it's just going to be trials from here on in. It's just going to be trials from, for, for the rest of the election cycle. President Trump has responded, how do you have an indictment that is based almost entirely on the findings of the January 6th Unselect Committee on Marxist, Fascist, and Political Hacks when these same lowlives who have been caught lying for years about Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 FISA, and the fake dossier and more purposefully and illegally destroyed and deleted all the evidence, findings, and proof of the January 6th Committee? When will deranged Jack Smith criminally charge the committee? Well, yeah, again, that's not going to happen, but he is not wrong to complain about the date, Is any of that going to help Trump in a general election? I keep asking this question because this is the question for Republican primary voters. Not, are you more warm to him now that he's being unfairly targeted by law enforcement? I'm more warm to him if he's being unfairly targeted by law enforcement. But that's really not the question. The question is whether this is going to help Trump in a general election. Trump, meanwhile, is focused laser-like on a rumor about Ron DeSantis. By rumor, we mean R-O-O-M-E-R. I don't even know what's happening right now. Rumor are strong... In political circles that run to Sanctimonious, whose presidential run is a shambles, whose poll numbers have absolutely crashed, putting him third and fourth in some states, will be dropping out of the presidential race in order to run in Florida against Rick Scott for Senate. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? He put that out on Truth Social yesterday. Uh, I had not heard that rumor, R-O-O-M-E-R. I had not, in fact, heard that rumor because it's not true. But, you know, if this is where Republicans choose to not like, this is where you want your focus- All right. Tim Scott, who I think is going to be out of the race fairly soon because he doesn't have an electricity. He doesn't have any base support. He doesn't have any momentum. But he said something true yesterday. He said, listen, tough and loud is not going to be enough to win a general election. That's true.
1: I, I think sometimes people mistake decency and kindness for a lack of resolve. Sometimes people confuse fighting with being cruel Is there a place for a happy warrior in modern day politics? Can you be a rule follower, uh, be fair in your critiques, and still be successful in politics? Oh, absolutely you can, certainly. As you know, Trey, I, I grew up in some really tough neighborhoods. You've got to be tough to get out of the neighborhoods that I grew up in. The question I keep asking myself, is tough enough? And for the Republican Party, the answer is really clear. We've lost seven out of the last eight national elections and 2022 was a disaster. If tough and loud was enough, we'd be winning election after election after election. But our results have unfortunately been exactly the opposite.
0: He is right about that, which is why I think actually, again, There are a lot of people who wrote off Governor DeSantis for dead in this national race. I don't see the evidence that he's dead quite yet. The latest polling shows Donald Trump in the Republican nominating race dropping now below 50% in some of the numbers. The latest Insider Advantage poll, for example, has Trump at 45 and DeSantis at 18 and nobody else with an even remote spitting distance. There's some other polls that have Trump up near 60. Messenger, Harris X, which has been a poll that's very, very warm toward Trump, currently has Trump at 59 and DeSantis at 14. Overall, Trump is ahead of the field by 40 points. It also happens to be a very fragmented field. But with that said, DeSantis, if what you think is that tough and loud isn't enough, but you you do need tough, right? And you do need to be able to kick back, but you also need to be able to govern. DeSantis is going to get an opportunity to show that off this weekend. It's a terrible opportunity, obviously. There's this hurricane that's about to hit the panhandle of Florida. According to the latest reports, that hurricane could come in at possibly a a Cat 3. It's it, maybe even maybe maybe even a Cat 4. AccuWeather meteorologists are rating Idalia as a three on the real impact scale for hurricanes right now. And uh, officials have issued mandatory evacuation orders for parts of Pinellas and Hillsborough County in Florida because of the life-threatening conditions anticipated. You're going to see a big storm surge and all the rest. Well, this is one area where DeSantis actually thrives, is in handling crisis in his home state. We've seen it before. Here was Governor DeSantis doing his job yesterday talking about the approaching storm tropical storm
1: idalia continues to gather strength it will become a hurricane today uh, and it is forecast to reach landfall as a major hurricane a category three i think it's important to point out if we were sitting here three days ago a lot of people thought it would end up being a tropical storm then they said well maybe a category one then yesterday it was oh maybe it'll hit cat two Uh, now there really doesn't seem anything to prevent it from continuing to strengthen and we've seen this before with something like Hurricane Michael that continued to gather strength. So, so this is going to be a, a major impact. And Floridians should expect uh, that this, this storm will be
0: a major Cat
1: 3 plus hurricane.
0: Okay, the truth is that it was DeSantis' crisis leadership during COVID. That was really, really excellent. He's going to give an example of how to do that, I would assume, this week and this weekend. Yesterday, this is also a perfect example of what DeSantis does really, really well. Right, so DeSantis was asked by a reporter about climate change, which is always the go-to for idiot reporters who don't know about hurricanes and, and how hurricane targets have now expanded because there are a lot more people living in the path of hurricanes and all the rest of it. And, and they keep suggesting hurricanes are more common because of, all, again, not a lot of evidence to suggest that. There's some evidence to suggest that the hurricanes may be more powerful now because of the warmer water that they're using to churn, essentially. But here was DeSantis being asked about climate change on the hurricanes, and he knows what he's talking about. This is what this is where DeSantis is a unique character and very fluid. He was true with COVID. I remember the first time I talked with Governor DeSantis. I talked to him when he was a Congressperson, but when he was governor it was in June of 2020, and he called because he wanted to lay out his COVID strategy. And his fluency with the numbers was obvious. He had actually spent a lot of time with the data. Here's a perfect example of him knowing things.
2: This is the storm that's really quickly
1: intensifying more than originally planned, and it's going into the Gulf, which you know many scientists say that it's warm water contributed by climate change
2: is really intensifying these storms what do you think is contributing to this well i think
1: it's i mean uh, you know unfortunately i mean i see a lot of parallels with hurricane michael hurricane michael if you remember a few days before we knew there would be a storm nobody was saying that it was going to be a category five storm i mean that just was not what people were saying and then it intensified and that it delivered a, a major major impact to, to Northwest
0: Florida that we're still recovering from. Okay, again, he he then went into a longer speech going through like the history of hurricanes. This is the thing that DeSantis is good at is the actual governing. Whether that's going to make a difference in the Republican primaries, unclear. Whether it should, absolutely. Because you want to win over Democrats and independents, it turns out being good at your job is one of the things that makes you a better candidate than not being particularly good at your job or not being involved in your job. In just one second, we'll get to some more colorful areas of the 2024 campaign. First, I got to tell you about something back in like 2013. So back in 2013, I used to do a local radio show, like a group radio show in Los Angeles. And one of our first advertisers was a company called GenuCell. And they were making these products for for your face. They're making to get rid of like the bags under your eyes and, and make your skin look younger. And I started using them. My wife started using them. My mom started using them at that time. That was like a decade ago. We've been using them pretty consistently ever since because that's how good the product is, even when they weren't advertising with the show. Well, when you look in the mirror, do you see the dark spots? Well, they're not going to go away on their own. You need help the way our family did from Cell's Dark Spot Corrector here just in time for the summer. The Dark Spot Corrector has not one but three cutting-edge ingredients. It goes to work fast on sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, even old discoloration both on your face and your hands. You'll be amazed at how fast you see the results. You can enjoy summer sun, beach, and barbecues without those embarrassing spots. Most importantly, you have nothing to lose because... You either see the results, you get your money back, no questions asked. Three of GenuCell's most popular products are included in GenuCell's most popular package for August. Get your Cell bags and puffiness serum also included for 70% off retail. Head on over to GenuCell.com slash Shapiro right now. Get your dark spot corrector with the new GenuCell most popular package. Say goodbye to those pesky spots tomorrow. They're offering free shipping, free returns, best luxury skincare you've ever used, all at 70% off. All orders will also include a mystery luxury gift loss supplies. That's a great product. Go check them out right now. GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Also... Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, when he joined Daily Wire Plus, we decided that we we're going to blow it out, and we did. We have a year of unparalleled output, tons of Jordan Peterson material over at Daily Wire Plus. We have a vast array capturing hundreds of hours of awesome content you're not going to find anywhere else. Jordan has created thought-provoking works that reshape your perspective on life. Those include vision and destiny, marriage, dragons, monsters, and men. Additionally, you can immerse yourself in discussions that nurture your spiritual side. We're talking logos and literacy or Jordan's groundbreaking series on the book of Exodus. That's only the beginning. We haven't even talked about his lecture series or his extensive archives of lectures and podcasts. It's the absolute compendium of all things Jordan-related. Plus, there's even more new awesome content on the horizon. Lots more coming. Head over to Daily Wire Plus right now and subscribe. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member today. Okay, meanwhile, stupidest story of the day from the campaign trail. Eminem is apparently very angry at Vivek Ramaswamy. Why? Well, because Vivek, as you recall, he's at the Iowa caucuses and he, um, and he rapped his tune on the campaign trail there's a lot of, like, Vivek is, is millennial, I believe, uh, just technically speaking. But this is a real boomer energy because Eminem's Lose Yourself, I believe, came out in 2002. So this is a 21-year-old song, which, you know, honestly, is the equivalent of, at this point of, of singing a Doobie Brothers song. Uh, and uh, and here, is, uh, here is Vivek on the campaign trail look at all now. the people in the Iowa like what now? is happening one thing you have to say from Vic at, he at least he's know, having fun he And Kim Reynolds is standing there like, what is happening right now? She's standing on the corner of the stage like, I don't like, why is this happening? Why is this a thing that's happening? What is happening? That is that is so wow. The the levels of cringe are just astounding. Uh, I know this because I've done a few cringe things in my career. You may have noticed. I, I believe that in the cringe off, Vivek wins, hands down. In any case. All of that's fine, and all of this just stupid campaign tricks, that's that's all fine. Eminem literally wrote a letter to Vivek Ramaswamy, threatening him with legal action. He sent a letter to Vivek's lawyer, quote, This letter serves as notice to you pursuant to BMI music license for political entities or organizations entered into by BMI and Vivek 2024 that BMI has received a communication from Marshall B. Mathers the third. Professionally known as Eminem, objecting to the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign's use of Eminem's musical compositions and requesting that BMI remove all Eminem works from the agreement. So Eminem works are excluded from an agreement. So apparently Vivek's team had an agreement with BMI to use some of their music. And Eminem wrote to BMI and was like, I don't want that terrible man using my music. You're right. Only only people who shoot each other and do drugs should be able to use Eminem music from now on. I'm just like, I, I'm... It's so tiresome, honestly. All these music, I am above. All, what is Eminem above exactly? Seriously, what like what is Eminem's personal history? They are like this man. This is a man of moral rectitude whose music. For God's sake, we use Bach in like, in like cheese it commercials. We usually, we literally the cheese it commercials. It wasn't Bach. It was Edvard Grieg. Okay, we use Beethoven's Fifth Symphony for selling like cat litter. And like what? What? Come on. M. It's just ridiculous, ridiculous crap. OK, speaking of other ridiculous crap, um, Pope Francis is a terrible pope. So just going to put that out there. He's really bad at the poping. Now, I don't have any stake, obviously, in um, in the Catholic doctrine of, of Pope Francis. I was a big fan of Benedict. I thought Benedict was an excellent pope because I do have a stake as a citizen of the Western world in the Catholic Church, actually standing true to its historic religious principles when it comes to morality and ethics, because they've shaped billions of people over the course of history. Pope Francis is a liberation theologist, pretty obviously. He he is a, he is a person with a, a Marxist orientation toward economics and a real, uh, a real disdain for sort of traditional Catholicism in terms of social areas. I mean, I can't tell you how many times at this point Pope Francis has said something that is in violation of church doctrine historically with regard to, say, divorce or gay marriage or any of that sort of stuff. And then his team comes out, oh, he was misinterpreted. You just don't speak Italian well. Well, at a certain point, you got to imagine that maybe he's just the guy we all kind of think he is, which is why the left is very warm toward Pope Francis. He made a couple of big boo-boos over the last 48 hours. So first, he uh, was speaking by video to a gathering of Roman Catholic youth in St. Petersburg, and he urged them to follow in the path of Peter the Great and Catherine the Great, whom he called rulers of a great enlightened empire of great culture and great humanity, which is a weird take since both Peter and Catherine were wild territorial expansionists. It is what they are known for, and they are also the two figures that Vladimir Putin most cites as sort of historical inspirations for his territorial aggressions. This, of course, has ticked off pretty much everybody in Ukraine. Oleg Nikolenko, a spokesman for the Ukrainian foreign ministry, called the Pope's words imperialist propaganda, of the kind the Kremlin uses to justify its invasion of Ukraine. "Quote: It is a shame that Russian great power ideas, which are actually the cause of Russia's chronic aggressiveness, are voiced knowingly or not by the Pope. The leader of the Ukraine's Greek Catholic Church, Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk, said in a statement, "The Pope's words had caused great pain in the church hierarchy and great disappointment in Ukrainian civil society." The Pope's remarks drew angry reactions on social media from a wide variety of sources. And then the uh, and then, of course, the Vatican tried to walk it back, as they've had to do with with Pope Francis multiple times. They rejected suggestions that Pope Francis might have encouraged young Russian Catholics to draw inspiration from historical Russian figures known for imperialistic and expansionist ideas and actions that negatively impacted neighboring populations, including the Ukrainian people. Francis has a decried Ukrainian suffering, but he has not condemned Moscow for the war. He's been very careful not to condemn Moscow for the war. And by the way, it is, it is worthwhile noting that his relationship with the Catholic Church was pretty fraught. Peter the Great, his relationship with the Catholic Church was actually fairly fraught. It was not the easiest relationship. So that is boo-boo number one for the Pope. Boo-boo number two is that apparently the Pope has now blasted the, quote, backwardness of some conservatives in the U.S. Catholic Church, saying they have replaced faith with ideology. He's one to talk. I mean, seriously, honest to God, you don't want to talk about a Pope who's replaced faith with ideology? He keeps writing encyclicals about how we have to stop hurting Mother Earth while at the same time proclaiming the doctrine of social liberalism in very soft form. Francis's comments were an acknowledgment of the divisions in the U.S. Catholic Church, which has been split between progressives and conservatives who long found support in the doctrinaire papers, papacies of St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI, particularly on issues of abortion and same sex marriage. Like even the AP knows like, yeah, conservatives liked Paul, John Paul II and Benedict XVI. They like those guys because, you know, they actually hewed to historic Catholic doctrine on morality. This guy, he's creative. When you're Barack Obama's favorite pope, there's something wrong. Many conservatives have blasted France's emphasis on social justice issues, such as the environment and the poor, while branding heretical his opening to letting divorced and civilly remarried Catholics receive the sacraments. Which, um you know, that used to be called just the doctrine. So during a meeting, a Portuguese Jesuit told Francis he had suffered during a recent sabbatical year in the United States because he came across many Catholics, including some U.S. bishops, who criticized Francis' 10-year papacy as as well as today's Jesuits. The 86-year-old Argentine acknowledged this point, saying there was a very strong organized reactionary attitude in the U.S. church, which he called backward. He said, doing this, you lose the true tradition. You turn to ideologies to have support. In other words, ideologies replace faith. The vision of the doctrine of the church as a monolith is wrong. When you go backward, you make something closed off, disconnected from the roots of the church wait, hold on, when you go backwards, you're disconnecting from the roots of the church? I noticed that when you're reflecting the political priorities of far-left figures in Latin America, as well as the United States, you might be moving away from the roots of the church. He says, I want to remind these people, backwardness is useless. I gotta tell you, like, for the Pope to say, when he says backwardness, I assume what he means is, you know, the history of his church, which is supposed to be the rock of faith, correct? Again, not a Catholic, but pretty sure that's what it is. They must understand there's a correct evolution in the understanding of questions and faith and morals. Oh, interesting. There's a correct evolution in faith and morals. Which is, um, which is that he also said it was an honor to be attacked by Americans at some point. So, yeah. Um, you, by, by the way, worth noting, the only segments of Catholicism on planet Earth that are growing right now are not left-leaning Catholic churches. They're all right-leaning Catholic churches. They're people who are traditionalists. It's the Latin Mass Catholic churches that are still full. It's the ones who are who are moving softly toward embracing the Pope's own soft embrace of social leftism that are emptying out by the bushel. Because why would you bother going to church on a Sunday if you can hear the same crap on MSNBC? It really is amazing. Okay, time for some quick things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today, Thomas Sowell, he continues to churn out books. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who is totally with it. Thomas Sowell is currently 93 years old. He's 93. Okay, Joe Biden can't even walk. Joe Biden is 80. Thomas Sowell is 13 years older than Joe Biden, 13 years older, and he's still churning out books that are great. So he just put out another one called Social Justice Fallacies. It's a series of essays on the failures of social justice. And he goes into why it is that inequality is not inequity, why group differences are not always attributable to discrimination. And they're not always attributable to biology either. Sometimes it's due to environment or geography or culture. The book is great, very clearly thought, as always, from from Dr. Soul. Really good stuff. Social Justice Fallacies, Thomas Soul. I literally have, like, in my library, it's all of Thomas Soul's books. Like, I, Thomas Soul, one of the great thinkers of, of the last 50 years in the United States. And it is a pleasure whenever he brings out a new book. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So, Alice Cooper has now been canceled by a cosmetics firm after he said that you shouldn't chop the genitals off small children. According to the New York Post, Alice Cooper, the eyeliner-wearing godfather of shock rock, was dumped by a cosmetics company after the singer questioned the rush to perform trans surgeries on kids and said transitioning genders was a fad. The 75-year-old rock legend, whose hits include Schools Out and Welcomed My Nightmare, had signed the brand partnership deal less than two weeks ago with Vampire Cosmetics, which markets spooky and gothic-themed makeups, lipsticks, palettes, and lashes. But Cooper was canceled because he expressed opposition to gender-affirming care for minors. In an interview with a site called Stereogum, he said, I'm understanding there are cases of transgender. I'm afraid it's also a fad. I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that. He said, I find it wrong when you've got a six year old kid who has no idea. He just wants to play and you're confusing him telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be. He said, I think that's confusing to a kid. It's even confusing to a teenager. You're still trying to find your identity. Here's this thing going on saying, yeah, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. I mean, if you identify as a tree, I'm going, wait, what are we in? A Kurt Vonnegut novel? It's so absurd, it's gone to the point of absurdity. And then he blasted the uh, woke agenda. He said, who's making the rules? Is there a building somewhere in New York where people sit down every day and say, okay, we can't say mother now. We have to say birthing person. Get that out on the wire right now. Who's making these rules? I don't get it. So Vampire is upset. And uh, they decided that they're going to cut ties with Alice Cooper for saying things that are obviously true. Vampire Cosmetics described itself as proudly women-owned, disabled-owned, and LGBT plus divided by sign owned. And a company whose products are vegan, cruelty-free, and talc-free. We are queer, disabled, and proudly neurodiverse women working around the clock to bring you cosmetics. So uniquely packaged, you exclaim, holy crap, when you see it, said Karen Holton, the managing owner of the company. Okay, fine. So you have a, a fundamental disconnect between Alice Cooper saying rational things and an ownership that is irrational. That's fine. They have a brand disagreement and they're willing to uh, make that brand disagreement public. But he is saying stuff that is so perfectly obvious to anyone with a functional brain that it is beyond dispute. The fact that it's even remotely controversial in today's day and age is absurd. Okay, other things that I hate. So uh, Jake Tapper did an interview with Chris Christie the other day. And Christie has been ripping on other Republicans for saying that in a binary election between Biden and Trump, they would vote for Trump. And Tapper then asked him a question that um, a lot of people in the left-leaning media are constantly asking, which is, do Republicans have an authoritarian problem? Now, let me first explain. Authoritarianism is not what, what people in the left media think it is. They think authoritarianism is like Donald Trump tweeting things or Donald Trump making efforts that are then stymied to change the results of an election. There are many forms of authoritarianism. In fact, fascism is an element of both left and right. It is not merely a right-wing thing. Authoritarianism can just as easily be done by a series of executive orders that go outside the Constitution and radically reshift the balance between people and their government. Joe Biden does that with alacrity. Here is Jake Tapper's answer. Jake Tapper asking the question and uh, Chris Christie, who actually, you know, kind of gave not a horrible answer actually here
1: you you do describe the conduct of donald trump trying to overturn the election as uh as as reprehensible you you do condemn it yep. but so many people in your party and i'm not just talking about people running for president or on capitol hill but i mean voters republican voters don't seem to have a problem with it and i'm wondering do you think that your party has an authoritarian problem that? They really honestly don't have a problem with violently trying to stop uh, a free and fair election from going going forward. No, Jake, I absolutely don't think that we have that problem. I think what we have is a Donald Trump problem and that right now what's gone on is that people view Donald Trump synonymously with the Republican Party. And that if you oppose Trump, that's somehow favoring Biden. And many Republicans don't want to do that for very obvious reasons.
0: Okay, so when he, that last part, the rest of it's garbage, but that last part, what he says, which is Donald Trump is seen as synonymous with the Republican Party. And so if you tell people it's either Biden or the Republican Party, of course, a lot of people are gonna vote Republican. That part is true. But what's insulting to the intelligence is this generalized narrative that the media are constantly drawing in which they suggest that fascism or authoritarianism or tyranny is an element of the right and that the left is completely free that his hands are completely clean. It's obviously not true. In fact, we have a YouTube video, a latest episode in our Facts series, talking about whether fascism is right-wing, what are the roots of fascism. The truth is that fascism as an ideology is closer to the American left than it is to the American right. Fascism as an ideology was generalized a response to communism, but it drew from Marxism, it drew from Hegelian politics, it drew from progressive era ideas, which is why many of the early supporters of Mussolini were members of the left, including people who had worked in the Woodrow Wilson administration who would go on to work in the FDR administration. So again, this sort of media lie, which is that the right is universally authoritarian and the left is for freedom. I, I don't see any evidence of that whatsoever. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval. Dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text BEN to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text BEN to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. For Okay. In just a second, we're going to jump into the mailbag. So head on over to Daily Wire Plus and become a member right now. Get your question answered in the mailbag. Become that member. Use code Shapiro checkout. Get two months free on all annual plans and click the link in the description to join us.